Welcome to the latest episode of the Organic Fitness Podcast with me, your host, Cole Manpower. Just wanted to take a quick 15 seconds to tell you about this new organic fitness program that I'm currently running. It's based on your specific fitness goals. So if you want to increase your energy levels, also improve on your physique, whether that's gain lean muscle tissue or lose a percentage of body fat, while eating foods that are not only good for you, but good for the environment too. Check it out, send me a DM on Instagram, that's Cold Man Power Organic Fitness, or head over to my website, that's Cold Man Power Organic Fitness. Hope you enjoy the latest episode. Alright, welcome back to the latest podcast with myself, Mr. Cold Man Power Organic Fitness. Those of you who are new to the podcast, welcome to the podcast. We'll be talking about all things fitness, health, mindset, food-related topics. And those of you who are regular listeners, welcome back. Today's podcast will be on all things, uh, questions, or Q&As that I pulled from my Instagram. So if you're not following me on there, it's Coleman Power Organic Fitness. Check it out. If you have any questions on anything at all, pop them in. Send me, what did I say, slide into the DMs. Get onto it. Ask me. No problem at all. I'll get straight back to you as soon as I possibly can. So there's some of the quick questions I chose at random just to provide as much value to people and the listeners out there. We're going to be the difference between frozen and fresh veg, um, foods that can cause bloating and irritable bowel syndrome and leaky gut, as well as tips for improving your overall general health and things that I'm currently doing at the minute. So there's a couple of the, the questions that we're going to touch on here today. So frozen and fresh veg typically gets thrown out there which is better which is healthier but to touch on frozen veg first frozen veg can be healthier can be even more nutritional dense than the fresh giving you an example of that if you harvest for instance peas broccoli cauliflower which are typically frozen items you get in the freezer section of your local food stores if they're harvested and frozen that day they can immediately lock in the nutrients that are found in those vegetables and brought straight to your store, frozen again, stayed frozen, get to your fridge, your own freezer, and then you consume, you defrost them, steam them. You can gain more benefits than the fresh vegetables. How is that? Because when another example, we harvest a fresh broccoli head, cauliflower, peas, harvested, sit in our fridge, for one day, two days, gets picked up by a delivery van. Next thing, delivery van brings it to your local food store, sits in that food store until you pick it up for one or two days, sits in your fridge for another four days. That's over seven days since that fruit and vegetable, depending on what food item we're talking about, has been harvested. And as soon as that vegetable or and the fruit has been harvested, it starts to decrease in its nutritional value. However, if the case may be, is it frozen or no vegetable or fresh or eating no fruit or vegetables, the answer is whatever one you can get your hands on and the one that's easiest for you to consume the most of. You see, it's what you compare it to. It doesn't really matter. There's nutritional value in every fruit and vegetable. It's just consuming it at its least processed value or outcome and it's something we're going to touch on here now with the next topic dried fruit and fresh fruit 
You see, taking the example of, oh, dried fruit, can't eat it, it's unhealthy, too sugary. Oh, fresh fruit, oh no, I was told to stay away from it. Bananas make you fat. Absolute nonsense. What I'll tell you is, the difference between dried fruit and fresh fruit, firstly, is dried fruit is in adding a process to it. And when you add a process to it, you can come into problems and occurrences with the additives of sugars. Take raisins. Raisins are dried fruit and cranberries and blueberries in some cases. You see them in the stores. You pick up the packet and turn it around. This is where label, reading labels is extremely important and be able to do. Turn around the packet, look at the ingredient list and listed at the top, first ingredient is raisins followed by, secondly, sugar. So by the name of God is sugar after coming into it. These are meant to just be raisins. These are meant to be healthy. Fruit is healthy, isn't it? But in the process of increasing their shelf life, the producers have added sugar to it. Either injecting it into it, whether it be blueberries, as I said, cranberries and raisins are the typical ones, dried fruits, that get this added process of adding and injecting sugar into them. Therefore, well, I'm going to say yes, it's reducing the amount of benefits that you can get from these fruits and vegetables because all fruits and vegetables contain vitamins and minerals that are beneficial to the body. However, the additive of the sugar can get you into a calorie surplus. Therefore, gain, you can gain weight off the other side of it. So reducing the amount of processed foods you consume, the healthier and the better for you in relation to dried fruit and fresh fruit. Then we come into the, the question about fresh fruit, juices and smoothies. Fresh fruit, juices and smoothies, all healthy again, each and every one of them in their own specific right. But the difference is smoothies and juices. Typically, if you take a smoothie, for example, you pick up a smoothie and turn around the bottle again, reading the labels, we look at the labeling and it has strawberries, has 25 strawberries, it has grapes, it has 20 grapes, it has two apples, it has a carrot, it has spinach, sometimes a kiwi, and that's six fruit and vegetables thrown in the mix there, and that's absolutely brilliant. However, if you were to put all those items out in front of the table, in front of you, and you were to try to consume all those in one sitting, which typically the majority of us would drink off a smoothie or drink off a, a juice drink all at once, you then, the difference is between the smoothie and the fruits is that the whole fruits contain fiber. And what does fiber do? Fiber keeps us fuller for longer. And that's the whole point behind it. If you were to have each and every one of those fruit and vegetables at once, you would find it extremely difficult due to the reason that high fibrous foods keep you fuller for longer. All right? And as well as that, they control your blood sugar levels, which is important to have whole single green fresh fruit throughout the day as snacks with meals controlling your blood sugar levels, preventing insulin spikes, preventing you having cravings of sweet things. That's another benefit of eating whole single ingredient foods, such as apples is a classic one, it's really high in fiber. Remember they say apple a day keeps the doctor away. But that's the main difference between the fresh fruit and the juices and the smoothies. All right, now we're gonna to touch on one that's um, quietly, uh, regularly come up in occurrence with clients and individuals that I come into contact with. And this is 
foods that can cause bloating and irritable bowel syndrome and leaky gut. And for those of you that don't know what leaky gut is, it's simply, it's a hole in your intestine wall and the food, when the, after you consume it, it leaks out of the gut and your intestine starts to spasm. And when you're doing, when that happens, you're not able to absorb, your, your body not able to absorb, obviously, firstly, all the nutritional benefit from the foods that you consume, but your body goes into a reaction and your body starts to swell. And it's a negative reaction. And as well as that, Nobody, it, it um, affects your happy hormone production because happy hormone serotonin, as we touched on in a podcast previously, is 90, 90% of it is produced in the intestine. And these are again linked with your microorganisms. But as well as that, there's foods that can cause bloating. And what are they? The typical ones is to find foods that you are intolerant to and the typical three main areas are sugar, dairy and gluten. And sugar typically found in processed foods, that's the example we gave earlier, the raisins. Another example is your sauces, the dalmio sauces, your curry sauces, your sweet and sours that you're adding in to your dishes in the evening or your uh, lunches, you name it, sugar. When you eat processed foods, you come into more contact with high sugary content items. Dairy is another one. Some people can tolerate dairy and some people can tolerate it. All right? There's a gluten found in it called lactose that some individuals are incapable of digesting and it's best to replace it or eliminate it. And replacing it, which is what I recommend because on any diet, it's best to replace things, not to just totally eliminate them because when you eliminate something, you will inevitably want and need and prefer would ha prefer to have something else. So there's loads of options. You could go with, because typically for breakfast, we put in our porridge, we put in our cereals, soya milk. We can put in oat milk. There's a couple of different examples. And porridge can be made simply with water. Some people actually don't even know that when I tell them, they're like, what, you make porridge with water? Of course you can. Another point to touch on is the gluten. A lot of us are intolerant to gluten. And gluten is another, is a protein, is an ingredient found in such a pasta. And it's uh, found in pasta, as I said, but some individuals cannot digest this type of protein found in grains and whole grains, apologies. So gluten, and if you're having gluten intolerance, it's best to get checked by a doctor. Okay, because they're going to tell you, I'm not a doctor. I'm only giving you the tips and strategies and tools and ideas that I currently use and I pass on to other individuals. So those are the three main areas. Whether you have a gluten intolerance, whether you have a dairy intolerance, or whether you're intolerant to an excess amount of sugar, reducing, eliminating these down and finding your specific trigger foods. And there's other foods such as beans, right, that are on the high FADMOP diet that people are talking about currently at the minute. And these are, these are foods that are found high, that give your insulin levels a spike. So these foods can be and can give a bloating effect to the body, giving you that negative effect that you're looking like you're three to five months pregnant after consuming foods that give you this bloating look on your stomach. Okay, and finding these trigger foods that affect you is very important because everyone is different. 
That's the whole thing about it. What's healthy for a healthy meal for me or a healthy meal for one, another individual, a Pat, Sarah, Michelle, might be healthier for you. So a healthy meal, we'll just throw it out there, could be eggs, could be brown bread, could be yogurt and some butter in the morning. However, someone who has a gluten intolerance as well as a dairy intolerance, they're going to have the feeling of feeling bloated. And when they feel bloated, they might have leaky IBS, might have leaky gut syndrome. And then they will not, what, firstly, you feel slightly more down due to the in or decreased production of serotonin, the happy hormone, as well as that they're going to have a bloated stomach and they're not going to be at optimal levels for first day-to-day -day tasks as well as their training. You have to find out between trial and error the foods that, that cause you irritation and find out what works for you. And that's what it's all about. You need to find out what's suited to your lifestyle. Because if I recommend your foods and you eat them and they don't suit you, that's not what that's not the right thing to do firstly and it's not sustainable and it's not what anyone should do. Don't follow a diet just because someone told you to do it or because they got results doing or eating this type of plan, whether it's a keto diet, whether it's uh, vegetarian, whether it's Mediterranean, whatever it is. And all of those three diets that I just mentioned, intermittent fasting and another type of diet that people are currently on talking about, it's hot, but it's on at the minute. Everyone should be doing it because it, it increases uh, fat loss. But the thing is, it's about doing a diet that fits you and sustainable and that you can do over a long period of time and that you enjoy. Because if you don't enjoy it, you won't be able to sustain it over a long period of time. And that's what it's all about. Tips and strategies I use and tell people to space out their meals in relation to preventing the causing of bloating. So find out your trigger foods and reduce and eliminate them. And by reducing and eliminate them, you might be able to consume a small amount of them after you reduce them for a period of time. I live my life by an 80-20 sort of a rule. So 80% of the time, I consume healthy, clean, organic, fresh fruits and vegetables. And then other times, such as the weekends, Friday nights, Saturday night, at family events, you can indulge on more highly processed foods, such as ice cream. I'm kind of a fan of ice cream, and the dessert that I'm really fond of is strawberry cheesecake. That's probably, that's one of my weaknesses. I'm really fond of strawberry cheesecake. So, and then that's okay, because there's high sugar content in the likes of those desserts. But that's okay, because I'm able to build my life around that, build up a small bit of intolerance to it, and then out the other side of it. Then the next day, I'm back on track. I'm eating my clean foods, back on single ingredient, fresh, organic, frozen in some cases. <laughs> Okay, and then at another point I said, spacing out your meals. Typically what I do is I have breakfast in the morning, then at two hours later I have another snack. And then lunchtime, one o'clock, I have my next meal, followed by a light snack, a little bit of training maybe, if it's a training day, followed by my dinner in the evening. Those are the things, spacing out your meals which I recommend because it prevents you overeating in the next meal. If you were to just have breakfast, no snack in between and a lunch, this can be a direct result of you getting a bloated feeling because you're over consuming of too many foods all at once for your stomach to be able to digest and absorb all the vitamins and minerals at one sitting. Okay, another reason is it's 
to space out your meals is to control your blood sugar levels. When you control your blood sugar levels, you prevent uh, yourself from insulin spikes. And when this happens, the insulin spikes, you are more likely to have a, a rise in your, when insulin spike is a rise in your blood sugar levels, followed by a crash. And if you don't space out your meals, the crash will inevitably get you to have cravings such as typically sweet things, which are highly processed things, such as chocolate, such as cakes, biscuits, desserts, whatever's on offer, whatever you can get your hands on. But another point I want to touch on is the saying, is if you don't want to be slippy, don't go to slippy places. If you know you have a weakness for biscuits, if you know you have a weakness for chocolate, cakes, desserts, then don't buy them at the weekend that you're shopping and bring them home and put them in your press and say, oh no, that's just for special occasions. I only got that for when he or she is coming over. If you don't want to be slippy, don't go to slippy sp places. All right? But to just a point to touch on, there's a difference between having a high body fat percentage and bloating. Bloating is a swelling of the stomach and body fat is a percentage of body fat that's on the outer layer of your skin. All right, and that's very important to, to note. So another thing in relation to, if you're swelling after meals, you're not absorbing all the benefits of the fruits and vegetables and all the other foods that you're eating. So if you have something such as, we'll call it, beans can be a trigger food for someone who, um, who has, back to the topic, bloating. Okay, so eliminating or reducing those foods, or if it was milk, if you're having too much milk in your diet, whether it's from yogurt or whether it's from cottage cheese, it could be in your milk, it could be in your, sorry, in your cereal, it could be in your tea, you name it, right? You need to start eliminating these foods. Expecting a different result and doing the same thing is the definition of insanity. If you have something and you get something from doing something, you're inevitably going to need to change it. If you want to change something, something has to change. Right, another one for the reason you may have bloating in and around your stomach area is stress. I think of stress as a two liter bottle. You can tolerate a certain amount of it. And after that, there's a threshold and it causes negative effects to the body. So a good example of so much, a certain amount of stress being beneficial to the, to the body is if you were given a project in work or an or a deadline in a thesis to hand up. You're given the date, it is October the 30th. October the 30th has to be all finished and done by, you have to put yourself under a small bit of pressure, you get the job done, it gets handed in. Brilliant, you did it. Why did you do it? Because there was a deadline, a certain amount of stress is beneficial for you to put your head down, get the work done and do it. However, if the exact same task was given the project, the thesis, the job, and there was no deadline given. It could be left, trail out, months, double the time. And that's where a certain amount of stress is beneficial. However, touching on the area of too much stress, whether it be in a job, whether it be in a relationship, whether it be a certain amount of financial income that you need, this can all cause bloating because it's cortisol, an excessive amount of cortisol, which is the stress hormone which is produced when there is, when you're under pressure. Reducing this, putting systems and strategies in place 
whether it's in a relationship that you're in, you need to sort out whatever's going wrong with that relationship. If you're in, in trouble financially, you need to stop spending your money foolishly. There must be areas and there can be areas where you can save money. And I am actually currently doing a powerful, what I call a visual aspect of how one small thing, such as one euro a day, can add up to a greater thing. Such as the example of one euro a day, after 100 days, it is the build-up of, I'm looking for a word, cannot think of the word, cognitive, someone help me out here. The word, if you put down a euro, it adds up each day to another euro. Compound effect. Yes, when you get something like that and you're recording it, it's absolute beauty. So that's it. So when some all things done on a consistent basis can yield extraordinary results. All right, so put systems in place to reduce your stress levels. All right, things that I do, strategies in the evening after I come home from work, I start to relax and cool down. You see, because you need cool down periods as well. One of the things that, or a couple of the things that I do in the evening time is I cool down, I dim down the lights. All right, increasing melatonin, which increase my likelihood of falling into a deeper sleep which also can cause, if you don't have enough sleep, can also cause a certain amount of stress levels. Because after, and this, if you don't get enough sleep, it can affect your hunger hormones. This is all coming together. For a healthier, better version of you, incorporate these tips and strategies into your life. Hunger hormones are affected if you don't get enough sleep. It can increase the hunger hormone ghrelin. Think of it, I always think of it as ghrelin, hunger hormone, can be increased if you don't get enough adequate sleep. I also did a podcast on sleep there. If you want to check it out, it's down in, I'm going to say it's episode five. I think it is off the top of my head. But nonetheless, sleep has a major effect or getting a good night's sleep. All right, blue light blocking glasses is another one that I do use if I am to look at my phone. But I try to reduce the amount of contact I have through my phone, even though I do do a lot of um, business through my phone. I reduce the amount of time. Cooling down, sometimes stretching also can, is a major de-stressor. But as well as that, throughout the week, I have the de-stressor of training. I have a training program that I'm on I currently myself, my own organic fitness program, that I have a four-day split program with time under tension followed by finishers, which typically is used to build muscle and lose body fat. You can do both at the same time. And it's shown from the results that I get from my colleagues, my clients, apologies. And as well as that, it's a de-stressor. That's what I'm getting at. Training is a de-stressor. As well as that, having the massive knock-on effect of increased endorphins, happy hormones again. There's so many benefits to being healthier. And the way you look and feel is actually a byproduct of the way you live. You see, the foods that you eat, the strategies that you put in place, what you do every day determines what you get. All right, I'll move on to the third of the questions that I got and pulled from my Instagram. Right, the tips, sorry, I was asked the question, tips for improved health. And one of the tips that I would 
give to individuals is to use use foods to your benefit. There's so many benefits to foods, but the thing is to stick to single ingredient foods if possible because it maximizes the benefits and you know and can be more confident in the fact that you know what's in the food. I recommend cooking from single ingredient foods, fresh foods. Like we live in a country that you can produce numerous amounts of fruits, vegetables, strawberries, apples, pears, spinach, potatoes, carrots, onions, you name it, tomatoes, we have them, peppers, all the classics, and using spices for flavours, reducing the amount of processed sauces you use. On my, in on my Instagram, there's recipes. On my YouTube, there's cooking demos. You look them up, you, all the information is there, it's for free. You check them up, you use them, and use it to, and eat the foods that you like. Because if I'm telling you to eat spinach and you hate spinach, even though spinach is extremely beneficial because it's high in iron and Popeye was onto a good one. Eat the foods that you like. If you like broccoli, eat broccoli. If you like tomatoes, eat tomatoes. But another point to touch on tomatoes is tomatoes are high in antioxidants and antioxidants are beneficial for reducing oxidative stress and too much oxidative stress can cause chronic illnesses such as cancers. So the more single ingredient foods, high antioxidant foods that you consume, the better. And another point on antioxidants is high antioxidant foods are linked with flavor. And therefore, organic food is higher antioxidants when compared to conventional. Therefore, organic fruit and vegetables are tastier. If you haven't tasted an organic tomato, I highly recommend you. Or an organic apple, and they're in season now. Just get on it, just taste it, and tell me what you think of it. Actually, send me a DM, I'm really interested in that. <laughs> So, as I said, eating and using foods to your benefit. Eating carbs at insulin-sensitive times is something that I highly recommend if fat loss or reduced body fat is your fitness goal. When is your body at insulin-sensitive times? First thing in the morning. And a complex carbohydrate is what I always recommend. Complex carbohydrates are, just to give an example, sweet potato, brown rice, brown pasta, or oats. So, oats for breakfast is a stable, classic one to have because it's a slow release of energy 40 grams is what i typically have and that's only 25 grams of carbs some people are amazed that if it's labeled as a carb food that it has the amount of grams as it does carbs no it doesn't that's incorrect 40 grams of oats is only 25 grams of carbs and to touch on when is the other insulin sensitive time the body is at after training using foods to your advantage again Complex carbohydrates, slow release of energy. Get on it. Yeah, brown rice, brown pasta, quinoa, bulgur wheat, all those, sweet potato, slow release of energy after you train, filling up your glycogen stores. And then this is, and the point is, eating carbs at instant sense of time, why is, why is that beneficial to the body? Because the body then uses it directly as a fuel source and it can give you energy directly. As if you add carbs throughout the day, it can be stored as a reserve and as body fat. But if you are, do, are on a training program, or if you are currently training, or if you're seeing results and you have reduced signs of bloating, eating certain foods, or you are getting bloated from certain foods, do things that are working and double down on the things that are working for you and reduce the amount of things that are not working for you. And I notice that sounds like such a simplistic thing. But everyone's different, so you have to find out the things that work for you and double down on the things that work and reduce them on the things that, doesn't, that don't work. All right? 
another one is health for improved healthy tips in having foods that you can have in your house that you can be eaten raw can be transported easily quickly you, and these are the fruits and vegetables that I would recommend spinach you can eat it raw peppers high in vitamin C higher than an orange and I love that fact horticulture fact 101 up there apples classic high fiber tomatoes organically natural mood improvers lettuce add lettuce to all and every meal you possibly can there's vitamins and minerals in each every one of them there's fiber in it keeps you fuller for longer and people are like oh it's rabbit food right put it on the plate first pour whatever kind of a contents of a dinner you have and you get added crunch which is the fiber from the lettuce but the leaves of the lettuce take on the flavor of the food that's what i'm recommending you it's a simple classic trick to getting in more vegetables into your diet that will inevitably benefit you because the more vitamin minerals you get from the foods the better your body can function because vitamins and minerals that are sometimes lacked in a high percentage of people's diets improve your day-to-day -day tasks as well as your training all right peas are another one we'll touch on other ones these spring onions have these and leave them out quickly so you can have them spring onions peppers spinach apples tomatoes onions red onions and organic as i said are tastier and cucumbers if you're into cucumbers adding these in snacks making these meals quick snappy one pan dish lashing it out there and having the likes of berries they can be dried but if they are dried remember to look at the ingredients list that we touched on earlier in dried foods you can get dried foods that don't contain sugar but just important to keep the note of you looking at the back of the ingredients list Right, another one that I recommend for improved health is adding in natural prebiotics and probiotics. These, again, I say natural because they're gotten from fruits and vegetables. Natural prebiotics are typical ones that we can get in our diet. Prebiotics. The way the words are so similar, God only knows. How I remember it is the probiotics. Okay, Probiotics, these are the pros. They know what they're doing, the microorganisms. They increase their microorganisms. When we consume them, we increase the population of microorganisms in our stomach. Okay, these are typically fermented foods. So your kombuchas, your apple cider vinegars, your kimchi, your sauerkraut. Eating those foods increases the microorganisms in your stomach. And when you have increased microorganisms in your stomach, you therefore can increase the absorption of vitamins and minerals because that's their job and that's what they do. Then, the high fibrous foods, which are the prebiotics that feed the microorganisms okay classics get on to them the number one top of the list jerusalem artichokes all right they will increase in their population in your health food stores at your local markets that i highly recommend you to go to because that's where you're going to get the freshest the most clean cut vegetables out there for sure for definite okay onions garlics and leeks are another of the three they're in the top 10 but they're three classics that you can simply add in to your diet all right that will feed the microorganisms that will naturally encourage the population of microorganisms in your stomach there you go they're the classic natural prebiotics and probiotics and another one for improved health that actually ties in lovely with the reduction of bloating is peppermint tea it's not only can which I highly uh, recommend you to drink just before bed. It can increase what 
reduce the amount of bloating due to foods that you consumed in the meals previously and as well as that a warm drink can also aid in sleeping all right lads i hope you enjoyed today's podcast and for those of you who are not subscribed to the podcast i would highly recommend you to do that so you don't miss any of the latest podcasts from myself but as well as that i hope you enjoyed this i hope this provided some sort of value to uh, individuals who wanted to be healthier wanted to be fitter and I just like to say thanks very much and if you haven't given it a review or if it did provide you with some value any bit of a value at all i would love if you could share with one individual whether it's on social media whether it's your brother your sister your mother your auntie your uncle anyone at all i'd highly appreciate it just spreading the word about eating a whole food diet that benefits you to reach your fitness goals okay thanks very much hope you enjoyed the podcast signing off stay tuned stay classy and keep it organic